Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode with our guest, Sky Nicholson. But before we start, can you please let everyone know who you are, where you're from, and what's going on in your life? <laughs> um, hi, thanks for having me on the show. Um, my name is Sky Nicholson. I'm a female boxer from Australia. And yeah, I thought today we'd just talk a little bit about my journey through boxing and um, the lessons that I've learned along the way. I found your Instagram sometime late last year and decided to follow it. Um, me personally, my journey started because of my interest with a healthier and active lifestyle. Walk us through how your journey started into boxing. Um, so I started boxing uh, when I was 12 years old. I grew up around the sport. My older brothers did boxing and I guess I wanted to try it too. Uh, female boxing was pretty much non-existent around then. This is going back 2008-ish. So there was women's boxing, but it was not a popular sport at all. It wasn't in the Commonwealth Games or Olympics or anything like that. I guess I've kind of grown with the sport and I I've kind of developed and, and grown through the sport while the sport's really grown and gotten bigger and big, better as well. So um, it's been a pretty cool journey. At what point did you start to truly have passion and decide to compete? Well, I started competing more or less straight away. Within eight weeks of starting boxing training, I actually got in and had my first fight. I wasn't really taking it seriously as such. I just enjoyed doing the sport and was just boxing locally, obviously. And I guess as I got better and as opportunities started to arise, I realized that I had a bit of talent and there with some pretty big opportunities to travel the world and do a sport that I really enjoyed doing. So I guess that's when I started taking it more seriously and, and becoming more passionate about it. What was the support like as you're going through this journey? I'm pretty lucky. I have very supportive parents. They're probably my biggest fans. I'm pretty lucky in that sense. And even through school, the first few years of boxing, in my early teens, I was a little bit shy and embarrassed about telling people that I did boxing just because I didn't know what the response and reaction would be like. But around 14, 15, people just thought it was so cool. And the other girls and boys at school thought it was really cool that I did boxing. I kind of got positive attention from it. So I've always had a really supportive kind of environment around me doing boxing, which obviously definitely helped keep me motivated. And, and keep me striving towards goals and things like that. How do you balance your schoolwork and boxing? It's tough. It's really tough. I think you definitely have to have good time management and I guess a lot of self-drive as well. I made the decision in early 2016 to not work anymore and just dedicate my life to boxing. So I got a few sponsors on board that would help me my day-to-day -day expenses and things like that and I guess just live on the bare minimum to really give my boxing a full shot. That was when I started training more full-time, three training sessions a day, six days a week and just doing my study part-time on the side. That sounds extremely exhausting and I think <laughs> that leads up to another great question. So most people who watch boxing get to see the end result, you know, gets to see the few minutes per round and X amount of rounds in every fight. For those not familiar with how much work is involved <laughs> in boxing at a competitive level, walk us through your whole diet and training for an upcoming <laughs> competition. It's definitely one of the hardest sports in the world and it can be very lonely as well. When I'm in training camp, which boxing isn't a seasonal sport, it's indoors, so it's all year round. There's no off season where you can go and do whatever you like. I'm boxing all year round. So when I'm in training camp for a, a major tournament, I'm training six days a week, three sessions a day. I'm working with strength and conditioning coaches, boxing coaches, running coaches, physios, nutritionists. We get our weight checked every morning. We have to be within a certain amount of weight from our fight weight at certain stages of camp to make sure that we're on target. Pretty full on. It's like a full-time job, really. There's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. And, and I guess it's all paid off in the those few moments of victory.
victory, which is another really cool feeling in itself. Most fighters and at least the ones that I've talked to and, you know, ones that just really share their experience, they always seem to stay. It's a lonely experience as you go through life, deciding to spend more time with boxing so you can achieve bigger goals. What sacrifices did you have to make? I think any boxer will know the sacrifices you make when it comes to social life. So parties and events and things like that. When you're in training camp and you're making weight, the last thing you want to do is be going out and watching everyone else drinking alcohol and partying and having fun, eating all the food that you wish you could eat and you can't. So you kind of isolate yourself a lot, especially during training camp in the lead up to important events. Yeah, it is. It's lonely and it's not even just like social events like that. It's constantly traveling and being away from your family, your friends and loved ones. And it does get pretty lonely. And at the end of the day, it's only you that's stepping through those ropes. You don't have a team with you in there. It's just you and and the mistakes you make, all of it, it's all only on you. You can't blame anyone else. when you're in this. I think that's why a lot of fighters do refer to it as such a lonely sport. What do you think continues to drive you to push forward regardless of all the things that you've stated that it's lonely and there's all these challenges? I think for me, it's my motivation to win. I'm quite a competitive person and the feeling of winning for me pays off in those moments, all of the hard work and sacrifices that you have made along the way. And another big driving force for me would be my family and making my family and my parents proud. And I also like breaking records. So if there's something that hasn't been done before, I want to be the one to do it. I guess those are my my biggest motivators. That's pretty exciting. So <laughs> you're extremely competitive. Yeah, I am. I don't like losing <laughs> at all. And that's a good attitude because I think if you're fine with losing, then it's definitely the <laughs> wrong sport to be in. Definitely. Speaking of being extremely competitive, as I watch you through social media and going through all these different competitions and the lead up to being an Olympian, walk us through what that entails. How does one even train to become an Olympian and how do they qualify? To qualify for the Olympics for boxing, it's different for every sport, but for boxing, there's a set amount of quota spots per continent. So for Australia, we have to qualify through Asia. So it's Asia and Oceania. They've been merged as one continent. And for my weight division, it was a top four finish at the Asian continental qualifiers. Um, I needed to make the semifinal. There was about 20 in my division. So I needed to win a few fights to make the semifinal, which I'm very happy to say that I did at least even with all this coronavirus stuff going on I know at the end of the day that I've already qualified and it's one less pressure or stress on me but yeah so each continent will qualify four or six ish um, depending on the weight division and the continent there's a last chance world qualifier where all the continents come together for the athletes who haven't qualified yet and they try to fill up those last few quota spots when it comes time to be at tokyo there'll be 20 from around the world in my division the plan is to finish on the podium so a top four finish is what my aim is for tokyo obviously gold will be lovely australia's never had an olympic gold boxing medal so like i said i like breaking records that's definitely my uh my dream and my goal and but i know i'll be very happy with a podium finish at the Olympics. Those are great goals and definitely I think what everyone wants to achieve. The competitiveness and the level of training involved at the Olympics versus other competitions that you've been in, how would you describe the difference in the whole training mentality, I guess, process? Well, the Olympic Games is the pinnacle of amateur boxing. You can't get any better than that. That's the tops. That's the goal and the dream that every young boxer aspires to reach. So just being in 
Olympian is already a dream come true. I think it's the biggest sporting event on the world stage. To have that exposure in front of billions of people, there's no other comparison really. And even just thinking about it now, I get goosebumps because I'm just so excited to know that it's actually really going to be happening. And it's just been such a big dream and a goal for so long. So to know that I've, I've secured my spot at the Olympic Games, it's just, yeah. It's a pretty crazy feeling. That's a crazy feeling. <laughs> and after, you know, qualifying and everything else, the whole coronavirus hit. Walk us through, <laughs> I guess, all the emotions around that and knowing that it's been delayed now for at least a minimum of a year. Yeah, yeah. look, it was a bit of a dark cloud over qualifying for the Olympics, obviously. Coming back home to everyone going a bit crazy about this whole pandemic thing and not knowing what's going to happen with the Olympics and this and that. And Yeah, it was sad. It was definitely not the, the homecoming I'd always dreamed of coming back from qualifying for the Olympics, but it is what it is. And I guess you just have to learn to keep rolling with the punches. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, it's focusing on the positives. And that is I have qualified for the Olympic and now I have 12 months to prepare instead of three months. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a pretty good position. I haven't let it mentally affect me too much. And I'm just focusing on the positives and making sure that I can be the best boxer that I can be on the day in 2021. <laughs> That's great mindset and definitely gives you more time to sharpen your tools even more so yeah and speaking of training you know a lot of athletes are having trouble being able to train at an elite level just because of a lot of facilities are no longer accessible mm -hmm. how are you handling that does that affect you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a very self-motivated person, but I definitely really do struggle to stick to my heavy training load and regime without having, I guess, the accountability that I would normally have when I'm training with my team at the training center. So I guess just like motivating yourself to get up and do the sessions is hard. It's still doable. I'm pretty lucky. I have a boxing gym in my backyard. So my, I guess, accessibility to at least some of the facilities that I need to use for my training, I have access to. So I'm, I'm very blessed in that sense I definitely would rather be training in a proper training center and still doing all the partner work and training with the team we're making do for now and hopefully all of this settles down soon and the world can go back to normal that's awesome so I've always been wondering about that when I've seen your videos training <laughs> I was like wow I was like whose gym is that that's pretty awesome but it's your gym in your backyard yeah <laughs> I'm very lucky we've got a full setup we've got a full-size Olympic ring bag all the equipment wow. you can think of yeah I'm pretty lucky in that sense to have all that right at my door step. <laughs> Has that always been the case even when you first started? Yeah so we built the gym in the backyard. My oldest brother's a boxing coach. We built the gym in the backyard to start our own local boxing club. I think I was around five when we opened the gym. So yeah it's always been there and we've always had a really successful boxing club running out from our backyard. Yeah that's where I started going up the gym when I was 12 years old just in the backyard and just kind of all went from there. Huge benefit considering everything that's going on at this point. Definitely. So with all these years of experience unboxing what are your lists of core lessons learned so far that's really stood out to you that you continue to think about as well as help you continue to push along mm -hmm. I would say that the biggest lesson I've learned from boxing has been resilience it's a word that I use a lot around boxing with setbacks and how you take those setbacks and how you come back from them so for me I've had so many setbacks not making teams missing out on the last Olympics 
uh, missing out on the Commonwealth Games. Uh, you guys don't have the Commonwealth Games in USA, but it's basically the next biggest thing from the Olympics for us. So I missed out on Olympics and in Commonwealth Games before making the Commonwealth Games in 2018 and now making the Olympics in 2020. So it's been a really long journey. And I guess um, for me, it's just how I refocus and reset my goals after these setbacks that I guess has set me apart from others. And I guess just been the biggest lesson for me has it's shown that being resilient and I guess getting back on the horse after these hard times has definitely paid off and it always will pay off. And I think that's definitely the biggest lesson I've learned through boxing. That's amazing. And there's a lot of people out there that go through setbacks in life and it's not easy for everyone. So if you were to give some advice and if you were to focus on a specific example, Mm -hmm. missing out on the Olympics from previous trials, walk us through that. Yeah. Um, At the end of 2015, I went into our national selection event for the Olympic qualifiers for Rio. I was up against the, I guess the country favorite. She was kind of the golden girl in the face of of boxing in Australia at the time. Australia had put a lot of money and time into developing her. She'd already won gold at the Commonwealth Games in 2014. I knew I was definitely up against a tough name but I really believed I was going to do it and I really believed that I was I was living my destiny and that was to go to the Olympic Games and all went to plan honestly I boxed the best I'd ever boxed I just completely outclassed this girl for the whole fight and every single person who's watched the fight every single person who was in the room that day knows that I won that fight but it didn't go that way the judges decided not to give it to me I don't know if they thought that maybe I was too young or not experienced enough and I just wasn't the girl for the job they didn't give me the decision so she went on to qualify for the Olympic. That was that. It was a pretty tough time for me. I had to take some time away from the sport. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to box anymore. And I had a big chat with my coach and he said, come on, we've got the world championships this year. Let's change our focus. Let's reset our goals and and we'll go and make some noise there and show everyone that they sent the wrong girl. That's exactly what I did. I went to the the world championships and and won Australia's first ever women's world championship medal. I got the bronze medal in Kazakhstan in 2016 and that kind of really kick-started my journey and success on the international stage. I guess if I never got back on the horse, had another crack, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm very grateful that I learned that lesson and I I reset my goals, reset my focus and and really made something of a pretty shitty situation. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And to be heartbroken and almost feel like you already lost that fight before the fight began given the situation that you just kind of explained it's definitely heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and a lot of people may have some similar experiences in other areas what advice would you give them other than hey let's reset the goals would you have them talk about it yeah for sure so i think um for me it was definitely surrounding myself with positive people like there was no point at that point dwelling on what we couldn't change so it was accepting the fact that was and then finding a way to move on from that so for me it was talking to people with a really positive attitude and a positive outlook about the future and new ways to reset refocus my goal and that was talking to my coach at the time about what's next type thing and I guess just starting slow it was setting really small goals at first and really short-term goals and having that bigger end goal to look forward to and I think as long as you are focused on short and long-term goals, you will succeed eventually. It's just about when these setbacks come and these hiccups will always come. It's just about resetting, refocus and starting again. I promise you, you will eventually get to where you want to be. Sounds like you have really good structure and your overall planning with your small and long-term goals. Mm-hmm. 
Has that always come easy for you? How'd you begin to start building structure around that? I wouldn't say it's ever come easy and definitely not an overly organized person. I don't have the best time management. I don't have the best goal setting skills, nothing like that. I'm not anything special. I'm just your average person who, when I want something, I will make sure I do everything I possibly can to do it. Obviously, (laughs) still following all the rules, of course, but I'll do whatever it takes to be the best that I can be in whatever I set out to do. And that's honestly just mine set that's all it is and it's believing in yourself it's knowing that other people out there have done it before so why can't you every person has two hands two feet and a beating heart so I think everyone that you're up against right now in whatever course of life you're in is just another human being and if you work hard enough and you persevere you will eventually get to where you'd like to be that's quite inspiring and extremely positive At what age did you start to develop this mindset? Um, It would have been after those Olympic qualifiers. So I would have been 20 years old, 19, 20 years old when I had my first major setback. There was was plenty of other setbacks along the way, but that was the one that really broke me. That one was the toughest one to come back from. And I guess that's probably the best example I can give for someone who feels like they're at their lowest point and they can't see a reason in why they should keep going and keep trying. But man, I wish I could promise you because... I've done it myself. I know that if you get back on the horse and keep pushing, the ones that keep persevering, the ones that have that resilience and that that bite down mentality, they all eventually get there. And that's really what's starting to pay off for me and has been paying off since those world championships when I got back on the horse. That's inspiring. glad. (laughs) So for anyone that wants to pursue this journey similar as yours, what advice would you give them, especially the younger generations? My best advice is back yourself, believe in yourself, push yourself because when you think you've hit your limit, I can promise you there's more. Push yourself but also reward yourself. Be kind to yourself and I think I honestly believe anything is possible and and I hope you can believe that in yourself too. So speaking of rewarding yourself and being kind to yourself, what do you do for fun outside of training all season long? How do you even make time for fun? Um, Look, there's always little breaks and and things along the way. This one's obviously been a pretty big break for me with the coronavirus. Um, I've been able to spend a lot more time at home with my family and loved ones, which has actually been a really nice uh, bit of downtime for me after such a massive preparation in the lead up to the qualifiers. I think for me, I like to reward myself with food, which (laughs) one, is not good for a boxer who has to make weight, and two can also be quite (laughs) self-destructive. For me, I like to celebrate um, at the end of a big competition or a successful campaign. I like to celebrate with food. Um, That's just something that I'm passionate about. I love food. I'm a bit of a foodie. So yeah, but it can be plenty of things. Like I just love going to the beach with my dog and simple things like that too. I also really listen to my body That's what I meant by be kind to yourself. You don't need to overtrain. You don't need to starve yourself to make weight. You don't need to do all of these crazy things because you think that's what's going to make you the best. I listen to my body. If my body tells me that I need a rest day, I'll take a rest day. If my body tells me that it's hungry, I eat. (laughs) I think you need to listen to your body because your body is very, very smart. I think that's one thing that a lot of athletes struggle with and they burn themselves out and overtrain and they leave themselves quite depleted mentally and physically. And I think that's actually been a really big strength for me has been listening to my body and knowing when enough's enough and to have a little break so I think that's important too. That's great advice because I think a lot of people overtrain thinking that they need to always out train everyone mm-hmm. else and 
I think they burn themselves out in the process and their quality of work diminishes. Exactly, definitely. Like the the saying goes, train smarter, not harder. And I 100% believe that. And it took a bit of trial and error, but I definitely learned that for myself in the lead up to the World Championships in 2016 and have adapted that lifestyle and ability to listen to my body and, and know when to take a break and chill out a little bit. So yeah, that's definitely been a, a big lesson learned along the way too. So now that I know you're a big foodie, when all <laughs> this mess calms down and goes somewhat normal, Whenever you're in the LA area, feel free to connect. There's lots of places to eat. I'm sure awesome. you know this yeah. already. <laughs> when everything's back to normal, whenever that case yeah, may be. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to do that. Just want to say thanks for spending time out of your day. I really appreciate everything you've shared. It's extremely inspiring. And I can't wait to share this with everyone. You have such a strong mindset and extremely driven, which is quite inspiring for anyone that's trying to pursue their thank dreams. Thank you. Thanks so much. And thank you for having me on the show. I've, I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much, Sky. I hope Thanks, you have a Jacob, good one. Thanks, Jacob. You too.